Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the iOS Lead Essentials Podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Kayo. And this week, we're going to dive into the topic of test-driven development. As always, answering to questions we receive, let's go. So what is test-driven development, or TDD? Okay, TDD is a practice, is a software development practice. A process. It's a process, exactly that drives implementations by writing tests first. Right, so the tests are going to guide the implementation. Exactly. Which means you need to know what you want first. Exactly. That's why it's such a valuable process. It makes you think what you want first. Yes. You write the specification, you want the behavior you expect your system to perform, and then you implement the behavior, and you can guarantee that the system does what you want. And you do it in short, short cycles, which improves productivity. That's exactly right. The cycles, by having predefined steps, keep you in this continuous feedback loop. So basically, you never get lost. Once you yes. know what you need to do, you never get lost. And it's awesome, in my opinion. <laughs> so what is the TDD cycle? Well, three simple steps. Red, green, refactor. That's it. And we have here a quote by Kent Beck from the book Test Driven Development by Example, specifying exactly the two principles driving this process. Right. And Kent Beck writes, Test Driven Development consists of the following two rules. Don't write a line of new code unless you have a failing automated test. And the second rule is eliminate duplication. The two rules imply an order to the tasks of programming. Red, write a little test that doesn't work, perhaps doesn't even compile at first. Green, make the test work quickly committing whatever scenes necessary in the process. Refactor, eliminate all the duplication created in just getting the test to work. Red, green, refactor, the TDD's mantra. That's it. Simple. There you have it. Write a failing test. That's the red state. Make the test pass with the minimal amount of code you can think of, refactor, and keep improving the code over and over, red-green refactor, until you're done with all the use cases. Yes, um, exactly. But it's hard. We should state that as a disclaimer, that although the technique is extremely simple, performing it, Staying disciplined, that's a completely different matter. But I believe we'll get there. Yes. It's not difficult as a technique. It's difficult to stay disciplined about it and actually write the test first. Exactly. Control the anxiety. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you just run a type the production code. But if you stay disciplined, you're going to maximize your productivity and eliminate mistakes. Yes, the list of benefits is, um, is really long and we'll, we'll get there. So, 
That's the 3D cycle, three steps, red, green, refactor, over and over. Tiny, tiny steps, continuously, short cycles. Every 30 seconds, you have working code and you have a system validating your code at the same time and over and over. Just repeat the cycle until you've implemented all the use cases, until you're done. Yes. That's it. I have a quote here by Robert C. Martin in his book, The Clean Coder. And Robert C. Martin states here, these three laws, meaning the three steps, lock you into a cycle that is perhaps 30 seconds long. You begin by writing a small portion of a unit test, but within a few seconds, you must mention the name of some class or function you have not written yet, thereby causing the unit test to fail to compile. So you must write production code that makes the test compile, but you can't write any more than that. So you start writing more unit test code. So a compilation error is considered a failing test. Yes. It's a red state. Yes, exactly. That's one of the misconceptions that you need to have always in a failing assertion, but that's not always the case. Yes. If it's not compiling, you have a failing test. The compiler is telling you something is wrong. Then you make it pass. Exactly. But it's also counterintuitive because the red state, although it is red, it is it is the first step, right? Yes. So now it's it's something good, actually. But if you don't do DDD, if you are conditioned to just dive right into the production code, you may think this is a bad thing. Like it's a bad state to be in. I must get out of this state with no matter the cost, right? This is now extremely different. It's very, it's, it's the opposite thing. You want to be in the red state. Yeah, initially. And then you want to pass that yes. state. Yes. And you use both assertions, like a testing framework and the compiler as well. Yes. You having the type system guide you as well. It's not one or the other. You use both in your favor. Exactly, exactly. And uh, we, are, we are lucky in Swift to have that. Other languages don't even have that. You know, dynamic typed languages, they don't have the, 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 the compiler to guide them in these, in these steps. So we even have more help there. You know? More feedback, let's say, faster feedback. Yes, exactly. That sometimes gets in the way, but overall you can use it in your favor. <laughs> All right. So why should we follow test-driven development? What is the benefit? For me, the biggest benefit is designing the application from the client point of view. Because when you write the test first, your test is the first client of your APIs. Right. And for me, that's extremely beneficial because you're writing normally applications and components to serve some client. Always, right? Yeah, so it's better to develop and design your APIs from the client point of view. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Your test is challenging your design to be simple, clean, and decoupled from other components. For me, that's the biggest benefit, the emerging design you get from it. Yes. Because of the constant feedback loop and the constant challenge you get from the tests, asking you to make decisions about decoupling your system and making it easy to test 
if you write the test first, you cannot write untestable code. It's just impossible. Exactly. And uh, I really like what you're saying here because many times we have this idea of what the component we think we want it to do. And perhaps it's like a specific technology that we're going to use specific APIs, but down the road, we realize that, okay, now this component that does what I thought it should be do, it should be doing, it doesn't play nicely with another component that it's going to use it. Or I didn't think about specific uh, edge cases or states the component can find itself in. And now you have a problem there, a big one. Um, mm -hmm. Because uh, maybe other components are depending on your class, whatever, right now, and the cost for changing everything is, is too high. So what I get from what you're saying is that you can catch these things early. Yes. Then the cost for finding out uh, is extremely low. So I wholeheartedly agree with you. It's um, a fantastic technique. Yeah, the constant feedback you get, the constant challenge, to simplify your design you get from the test is just super super valuable right as you said like sometimes you have a weird design that has too many dependencies in a class the test is going to challenge that because it's going to be hard to instantiate that object with all the dependencies it has it's going to force you to create some abstractions in between and even separate some objects some people say well i don't follow tdd because i don't want to create five mocks to instantiate my class well, first of all, why do your class need five dependencies? And why do you need to mock them? That's the signal. Sounds like this class is doing too much. So this is a test challenging your design. Yes, it is hard to test that. But that's the value of the test. It's telling you you're doing something wrong. Simplify the design. Decouple those dependencies. Yes. And that's the repetitive nature of test-driven development. Because let's say, let's take the example that you just mentioned. If you are to instantiate once in the production side, a class that has five dependencies, let's say it uses initializer injection, but nonetheless, it's five dependencies and you're doing it once, you're doing it once, right? It's, it's, it's harder for you to understand that there might be a problem there. Now, if you're going to use this class all the time in the tests, let's say five times, 10 times, if you're test driving this class, then it's much easier to identify and understand that five dependencies can be a signal that something is wrong with your design for this class. How else are you going to get that? I, I don't know any other way that is as fast, gives you, as you said, the, the, the fastest feedback of all and can improve your design. Yes. Another dependency injection problem you would catch with tests is the ambient context. If you need to set up a dependency in the setup method and then reset it in the teardown, you have some global dependency. Exactly. And your test is challenging your design. It's telling you, look how many steps more you need to do to guarantee you are in the right state. Again, a challenge posed by the test. Yes. Not only that, it's documented there, it runs all the time. I mean, that's a, a pretty good reason. So that's the other benefit. You can prove your system does what you expect by pressing a button. 
at any time. And if you did it correctly, it should take seconds, sometimes less than a second, to show a green state, telling you that everything's fine. Carry on. Yes. Now, what you're saying comes opposed to the traditional means, I guess, running the simulator, making sure that your latest change didn't break anything else, everything shows up perfectly, which mm -hmm. can take, it's, it's a, a repetitive uh, process that takes perhaps minutes. And if you account for build times as well, yeah, then, or I don't know, the times that you have to reset the simulator or some weirdness going on, then yeah, it, it can take a lot of time. So you mean manual testing, right? Yes. If you don't have an automated way of doing it quickly, yes, and you have to actually run the application, navigate to the screen you want, tap on the screen, drag things around to validate the system does what you expect. And you keep repeating this. And it takes yes. minutes and minutes and it accumulates. Yes. At the end of the day, you're much less productive than if you have an automated way to proving it in less than a second. Yes, exactly. Another very big advantage, I believe, is the part of refactoring that TDD brings. Because refactoring in TDD is baked in the process. Yes. It's the last step. It said red, green, refactor. Right. So that's opposed to, again, non-TDD performing teams where they usually allocate time in the schedule for refactoring. And as we mentioned last time in the previous podcast, that's not refactoring, that's rewriting parts of the system. Yes. Especially if there are no tests. Exactly. You don't know if you're breaking something. Yes. So you never have to do that because you are doing it as you're writing your code, as you're delivering your features, this is part of the process. Yes. So you're never going to find yourself in this state that the code base is a mess. <laughs> the code base is always tidy up, ready for the next requirement. It is ready for change. And that's something extremely valuable for your business, especially <laughs> because it can allow you to move fast can allow you to, I don't know, test stuff, experiment with stuff, with ideas, right? Validate your uh, vision. And who does that? Us, the developers. So if you're able to do these things, if you're able to help the business do these things, when, then yeah, like it's, uh, it's, it leads to remarkable stuff, you know? A career, for example, remarkable career. Yes. <laughs> That's it. Is TDD valuable? Yes, of course it is. Should you follow TDD? Well, in my opinion, you should. For me, it's the best process, the best development process I know. We're guaranteeing quality, clean code, good code that can be extended indefinitely. I don't know any other process that delivers such good quality results and maximizes the productivity as TDD does. And apart from all those benefits, at the end, you also get the full coverage. The full coverage that allows you to keep refactoring and extending your application. Yes. And eliminate regressions, of course. Next question. Should I write all the tests first and then implement one by one 
in CDD? No. One test at a time. You don't need to write all the tests and then implement them. No. Write one test, make it pass. One test, make it pass. One by one. Follow the process. Red, green, refactor. If you're writing all the tests first, that's not TDD. That's something else. <laughs> exactly. And uh, prepare for a lot of compilation errors and build errors on Xcode there if you're writing all the tests at once. Yes. I don't think that would be very productive. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But there is the merit of knowing what you want to test first. For example, if you know the requirements for a class, you can break down the requirements and you can translate each requirement to potentially a test. So you have this checklist basically. Right. And then what you're doing is just scratching items off the checklist by implementing the test. But a checklist doesn't need to be code. Could be simply a checklist. I'm talking about literally a checklist. Yes, right. exactly. Like a text. Could be a use case. Yes. A user story. And you can even break down the checklist and implement with your pair or just simply in parallel with other people. Yes. But yeah, you don't need to write all the tests first. You shouldn't write all the tests first, but you can have a checklist of the things you want to do and you implement one test at a time. Yes. Red, green, refactor. Write a failing test, make the test pass, refactor. That's it. Next question. Can I write the test after in TDD? No. <laughs> you cannot write the test after <laughs> and call it TDD. That's something else. That's not TDD. So yep. in TDD, can you write the test after? No. Next. Can I write the test right after? Right after the implementation in TDD. Mm. So I wrote implementation and wrote the test right after. It's still part of the cycle. So we're talking not even seconds here, like just a couple seconds perhaps. Yes. Right. No, you cannot write the test <laughs> right after. Yeah. And call it TDD. It's yep. something else. If you're following TDD, trust the process. Write the test first. Yes. Otherwise, it's not TDD. If it works for you, fine. But you're not getting the full benefit of the practice. Exactly. Next. Can I write the test after if I already have the implementation? Sure. Like It's already implemented. What are you going to do? Yeah. If it already works, you're going to start questioning, do I even need to test it? I just prove it works? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure, it's already there. What are you going to do? But if you want to guarantee a coverage there and guarantee that your system does what you expect, then I recommend you to comment out some pieces of the code, write the failing test for the parts that are commented out, prove that it fails, see the failing test first, the red state. Yes. Then you want to comment and see if the test passed. Yes. You'll be surprised how often the test either going to pass at first, when you expected it to fail, and how often it will not pass when you expect it to pass, which is a bug. You just found a bug. Exactly. So if you're writing the test after, it's going to take much longer. You need to do all this work, commenting out, commenting back in, 
also you already tested it manually how much time you already wasted yes and now you're going to write the test after so can you write a test after yes that's not tdd it's just a different development process but yeah sure you can do it there's no can i yeah you can do whatever you want right (laughs) (laughs) there's no one forcing you (laughs) to do things but if you want to get the full benefit of tdd you write a test first you see a failing test then you make it pass one thing at a time so you never do more work than you need to yes that's it you're going to maximize your productivity if you trust the process and you follow the process with discipline so can i write the test after if i already have the implementation sure but next time write the test first yes next question what if i have a tight deadline i don't have enough time can i write my tests after right. if you don't have time to write the test first how can you have time to write the test after <laughs> or even to finish your implementation what i think the problem is is that you don't have the skills to be productive with tdd yet so you need to practice a little bit more maybe a little bit more time exactly the skills are not at this level where they can understand that writing the test first is actually quicker so the assumption here is that there's this uh, deadline whatever and writing tests will slow me down well that's not the case Uh, writing tests might give you the idea that you're going to slow down but the truth is that if you account for all processes of the development and testing and design cycles then uh, it's going to be extremely faster especially in the long in the long term yes exactly if you're thinking just about the short term maybe right now you need to practice a little bit more and get good at it so you might have to compromise and not write the test first but the more you keep pushing the practice the longer it's going to take you to get productive at it yes so it's a virtual circle you're not going to be able to get good at the practice if you just keep skipping the step yes you need to practice to become productive at it it's not a practice problem it's a skill problem probably or if you actually don't have time and you have the skills you have a time management problem yeah exactly you need better (laughs) estimations you need to communicate better with your boss, with your managers, with your employers to earn the time to do a proper job. Yes. Because maybe you're going to accept all the deadlines they send to you because you want to be a team player. But at some point, it's going to accumulate and you won't be able to deliver anymore. So you need to be responsible there and say, no, I cannot meet the deadline and deliver a good job. It's either a skill problem or a time management problem, not a practice problem. If you want to follow TDD, you need to become productive at it. That's it. Okay, and I have uh, another quote here by Robert C. Martin's Clean Architecture book. And it's actually a quote within a quote. Okay. Inception (laughs) here. Robert C. Martin says, Dijkstra once said, testing shows the presence, not the absence of bugs. In other words, a program can be proven incorrect by a test, but it cannot be proven correct. All the tests can do 
after sufficient testing effort, is allowed us to deem a program to be correct enough for our purposes. Right. So it is correct enough as passing all the tests we could imagine <laughs> or we could think of. Yes, exactly. So the less effort you put on testing, the less value you get out of testing as well. If you don't trust the test suite enough to release the software, you're not getting the full benefit of testing. You don't trust the process. You're probably not following the process. And, and that's so counterintuitive, again, if you have a tight deadline and if other people are depending on you because you probably want to deliver something in a very short period of time that works. Yes. So that's the point here. There is probably no other way, or if there is, it's it has such a higher cost to know that everything works at all times in seconds, like maybe minutes, but let's say seconds. Right. That's the the biggest advantage here. Yes. And if you rely just on manual tests, you know what's going to happen. Very soon it's going to take days. Yes. Then it's going to take weeks and suddenly months to test the whole application. Yes. And when you find a mistake, you find a bug, you go back to the development cycle, you fix the bug, and it goes back to another week of manual tests. That's not great. We can do better than that. Yes. So by following the process, you end up with high coverage of tests you trust. If you write the test after, you're not going to trust the test as much. And soon enough, you're going to have to rely on manual tests. And that's going to be very expensive and hard to maintain. Yes. So next question. What if I have implemented the code in the past and I know it works? Should I write the test after? <laughs> so you tested it manually somehow you run the app press the buttons and you prove it works should you write the test after well you already tested it right if you write an automated test now it's just to guarantee that it works tomorrow when someone else changes it yes and the next day and the next day so you didn't get the benefit of the test challenging your design up front or getting you fast feedback. You did it manually by running the app. That's fine. It works. Now, if you are concerned about someone changing this code tomorrow, then you should write the test. But if you write the test first, you get all the benefits. Now you're getting just a tiny benefit of tests. So if you care about tomorrow, yes, write the test. But next time, write the test first. Exactly. That's that's it. Very simply put. Yes, write the tests. Next time, write the test first. Don't even let that happen. Don't let it be a possibility. Yes. Or if you're going to say, this code is never, ever, ever, ever going to change. Maybe don't write the test. But then when it changes, <laughs> <laughs> you write the test before you change it. Yes. Okay? Because it will change. You have to change the piece of code you think it's never going to change. And if it doesn't have tests, you write the test first, and then you make the change. Next question. What if I know what I'm doing? <laughs> Classic. What if I know what I'm doing? Can I skip writing tests then? I think, I think that's fine. It's one of those rare cases that if you know what you're doing, it's fine. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> like, of course not. 
Okay, you got me there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for real. What does it even mean? I know what I'm doing, you know? And it's not just you. Like, maybe you know what you're doing. Maybe, I don't know, you're a genius, like, fantastic programmer. Well, never wrong. Yeah. You're, you're never wrong. <laughs> yes. It doesn't matter. I mean, it, you're supposed to work as a team, in a team, uh, in a business, and other people probably are wrong. And it's you need to account other people in your in, in, in your development cycle, in your process, in like everything that has to do with how you operate. Okay, so if you're not humble enough to admit that you can fail, at least think that other people can fail. So write the test. Yes. Write the test for us. Exactly. And be more humble next time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. And it shouldn't be that hard. Like, if you know what you're doing, it shouldn't be that hard for you, right? That's the other thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, if you know what you're doing, can you skip writing the test? Then, well, it's up to you, right? No one's forcing you to write the test. But if you want to maximize your productivity in your output, yes, I think you should. That's my opinion. <laughs> Next question. Is there a point I reach in my career that I'm so good that I don't need to write a test anymore? I can just implement the code perfectly. Right. I hear that a lot from beginners. Yeah. It's like they think there's this state you get into after 10 years of coding, 20 years of coding, where you never fail again. Yeah. You're so good to know everything about software. You can write any kind of software, you can do anything perfectly in the first try but that's unrealistic it's like the beginner martial artist learning karate and they think they're gonna learn after 10 years they're gonna be able to knock someone down with one punch every time yes. they can win every fight against anyone doesn't matter the weight doesn't matter the height doesn't matter the opponent they think they're gonna reach this state they're gonna transcend to a godlike being that is never wrong that's unrealistic. That's never, ever going to happen. Yes. That's never going to happen. So is there a point you reach in your career that you're so good that you don't need to write tests? You're always going to implement code perfectly. No, there is no such time. There is no such time. We learn those practices from people that have been coding for over 40 years and they still follow the process. Every time, red, green, refactor. The sooner you accept that you're not perfect and you would never be, the faster you're going to maximize your productivity and get into the practice and trust the process and get all the benefits. That's it. You're going to get better over time, but never be perfect. If you want to maximize your output, if you want to maximize your productivity, you need a good development process. And we recommend test-driven development yes. as your development process. Are there others out there? Yes. I don't think they are so effective, as effective as TDD. But give it a try. I tried a bunch of them. TDD was not my first, my second, my third, or my fourth development process. But so far for me, it's the most productive. And if tomorrow I find a better one, I'll let you know. <laughs> for me, it was the only one that allowed me not to worry 
about my future, allowed me to think about what I have to do right now. And I had to stop worrying and remembering things and yes, getting overwhelmed. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So I have another analogy, perhaps people think about, or they see memes on the internet, see like being Neo from the matrix and seeing code and being that good, you know, when they are writing applications, right, right, right. You want to be the opposite. You want to be Morpheus where he says again, 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 yes, same thing. <laughs> again and again, like just forget being in the matrix and seeing the code. That's, we can't do that. Uh, but we can be extremely disciplined and as you said, 40 years, there are people out there that we learn from and they've been doing these things for 40 years. Well, it seems that they know what they're doing now, you know? <laughs> and they're, they're pretty good. They're pretty they're good. Pretty good. Exactly. They're fast. Yes. And they're, they're doing these things. They're practicing and that's their style of writing code. So that's uh, like, if it works for them, why not work, uh, work for us? That was the initial assumption. And it does. And exactly. it's the same for you, right? Why can't they work for you? It will work for you. And the thing is, those experienced developers with 40 plus years of experience, they're also looking for better practices. Yes. They're looking for it. They're still looking for better processes. Yes. But what is the best one? My opinion right now, TDD. That's it. And I'm looking for better ones. And if I find I share it. And if you yes. find it, please share with us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Next question. How can I write a test first if I don't know what I want to test? Well, let me send this question back to you. How can you write production code if you don't know what you want to implement? The problem is not with test driven development or test first. The problem is that you don't know what do you want to implement? If you know what you want to implement, then you can write a test. You can write an assertion. Exactly. That's it. If you don't know what you want to test, go back to the requirements. Clear your mind. Be sure what you want. Create a checklist. Yes. Write some use cases. Refine the user story. Ask questions. That's it. If you do these things, you're going to see how much easier is to write the test first, by the way. Again, that's another benefit of testing, this quick feedback. I don't know what I want. Fantastic feedback. Go find out what you want. <laughs> yeah. By the way, if someone out there, a viewer has this assumption that we know, for example, all the time what we want, like <laughs> that's why we do these things because we don't know, right? And we, we want to just minimize the probability of doing something wrong. Yes. This, that, that's the big realization. When you realize that you don't know, then you want to know with the lowest cost. And that's what this process gives you. Yes. Eliminating assumptions. Yes. If you have a bad requirement, you're not sure what it means. And you're like, I think my job is to assume and find the answer on my own. But if you waste days or a week implementing something completely wrong what your client wanted. You have a big problem there. Yes. It's better to clarify, be 100% sure what you have to implement first, 
And when you know 100% sure what you want, it's easy to write the test. If you cannot write the test, it's a symptom. You should clarify what you're trying to do. Go back to requirements, talk to people, clarify it, document your findings so other people can also learn, then you write the test. From my experience, I think this is also a symptom for more junior level developers of just copying and pasting code because you don't get the chance to truly understand what is going on, what is the code that you just pasted actually is doing or what is not doing, which all these are requirements. And that's extremely important for avoiding bugs and uh, regressions. So be sure what you want before you start coding. When you do that, it's easy to write the test for us. Next question, how can I learn to test first? Study, read books, courses, practice, 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 apply, 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 learn again, read more books, more courses, pair with senior developers, apply, apply, and apply again. That's it. Have Morpheus in your <laughs> mind. Again, again. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Takes time. There is a learning curve there. The TDD learning curve is quite difficult. Yes. If you have a mentor, you're going to cut down so much time. It's going to be so much faster to learn with a mentor, pairing with someone. If you don't have that, you're going to have to practice on your own. It's going to be a bit harder. But you can do it. You need discipline. So how did you learn? How do you learn TDD? <laughs> right. So I was actually, I learned from developers that I admired that this practice existed. And then I was curious as to what it was because they were mentioning all the time TDD and we write the test first. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make sense. No. <laughs> Why would you write the test first? <laughs> but um, when I saw how how they they how fast they were doing their features, or you know, like how fast they were working in the in the screencasts, I mean, I was blown out of my mind. I'm like, I want to do that. This is cool. <laughs> yes. And I I don't care uh, if it's right or wrong it works for this guy <laughs> and this guy now in my mind is like, he's, he's the authority. He's, he's the man. So I need to learn. Um, uh, and it took, uh, it took some time, of course. And then I met you, mm. which, uh, as you said, we had the chance to pair all the time. Yeah. And that was, that, that was, you know, that's how things clicked eventually. And, now we're helping other people to learn. That's it. You learn, you practice, you apply, and you teach others. Yes. So it's a proven technique. It's not yes. like an academic thing. No, it's proven. It's being used everywhere. Every language. Every platform. It applies to Java, Swift, C, Ruby, everything. It's a process. And it's a proven process. If you want to learn how to test for us, we have free videos, entire series for free on YouTube. Yeah. 
Watch it. Practice. Ask questions in the comments. But do it. It's a proven technique. Yeah. It's been documented in books, courses. It just needs you trust the process, follow the process with discipline. And you're going to learn. It's going to take some time, but you're going to learn. Next question. I write tests first, but when there is requirement changes, I end up breaking all tests. How can I avoid changing my tests when I change production code? I think the question is, how can I write more flexible tests? Yes. Because, okay, first step, you're writing the test first. Awesome. That's it. Now you're going to a more advanced techniques, how to decouple your tests from the production code structure. And that's the next level. Yes. Now you're creating flexible tests. And that's what you want. Because just writing the test first does not guarantee that. If you're writing the test first, but you're coupling the tests with implementation details, with private implementation details, with even internal implementation details, that's a problem. Your tests should be a client with your APIs. So ideally, the test should only go to the public interfaces as a client. You should not know about implementation details or private implementation details. So what you need to do is to learn how to decouple the tests from the production code structure. Once you realize this idea that the tests are code that you maintain, and it, they're not just something that you do ephemerally, and they are discarded or they're a second class citizen, then you understand that the same principles that apply on your production code are going to apply on your test code. But as you said, that's like, it's, it's a next level thing, which is fine. You know, just listen to these things now and they're going to click at some point, but the abstractions must be there. Otherwise you run into this problem where every time you change your uh, implementation, your test into change as well. As a like a standard example, is a let's say you have a UI that shows a list of things, and this UI is implemented with a table view. Now, if you are mentioning in your test the table view, then your tests are coupled with this component, the table view. Mm -hmm. Right now, let's say you want to use a collection view for some reason. Now your tests will have to mention the collection view. They will have to refer to the collection view. And that's a problem. Yes. What you want ideally there is an abstraction in between where your tests don't know about these things. And it's even worse when a change breaks multiple modules. Yes. Now you have like multiple test cases depending on internal implementation details of a component. If you're testing things in isolation, you will not have that problem. Exactly. So you need good abstractions. And you need to decouple the test from private implementation details. Yes. Test through the public interface. And test things in isolation. A change in one component should not break the tests of another component. So here's a quote from the Clean Agile book. 
by Robert C. Martin. The tests do not form a system in and of themselves. The tests don't know about each other. There are no dependencies between the tests. Each test is a small and independent unit of code that describes the way one small part of the system behaves. That's it. The tests don't know about each other and about implementation details of the production code. You need flexible tests so you can keep refactoring and changing the structure of the code. Otherwise, the test is going to get in the way. And what do people do when the tests get in the way? You comment them out, you delete them. Stop testing. And that's it. You stop testing. So that's the next level. You are in the right track. You're writing the test first. Now, next level. Create flexible tests. I have a quote from Sandy Metz here that perhaps can even uh, clarify better. And that's from the book Practical Object-Oriented Design in Ruby. And Sandy says, when testing, it's useful to think of your application's objects as divided into two major categories. The first category contains the object that you are testing, referred to from now on as the object under test. The second category contains everything else. Your tests must obviously know things about the first category, that is, about the object under test, but they should remain as ignorant as possible about the second. Pretend that the rest of the application is opaque, that the only information available during the test is that which can be gained from looking at the object under test. That's it. Test things in isolation. Yep. And that's a skill you need to master. Good abstractions, test things in isolation. Exactly. It's a, it's, a, it's a very valuable skill. And again, you should treat your tests as a first-class citizen. The rules of TDD also apply to your tests, right? The refactoring phase, for example, doesn't, doesn't go only on the production side. It yes. also goes on the test side. And these are, these are the things that you want to look out after you have, uh, you have gained some confidence and you can write tests first. The next step is to start refactoring your tests, start creating these abstractions that decouple them from implementation details. Exactly. You should refactor production code and test code. That's it. Remove the application, add some abstractions, everything you need to do to improve the structure of the test as well, to make the test more flexible, more decoupled from implementation details. This is what you do during the refactoring phase. Yes. So that's it. Next question. I work with seniors that don't test their code and don't let me test mine. Why is there so much resistance from experienced developers that don't want to test their code first or even after? Well, that's very common because most developers don't learn how to test their code when they learn how to code. Yes. So naturally you think you should just write the code, you manually test it, you prove it works, over time you get better at it, yes. and you don't need to write automated tests. You know what you're doing. That's how I used to think, because I learned how to code without tests. For a long time, 
that's what I did. Until I met good mentors that taught me the value of tests and how to do it effectively. And then my productivity skyrocket. Then I get much better opportunities. Then the deliveries I could produce would much, much better. Yes. And a lot of people, they're experienced, they've been around in the industry for a long time, and they are successful. They never experienced a project with good mentors and how successful, how more successful they can be by following the process. Yes. So if they are successful not doing the process, why would they start doing it right now? That's the question. But the problem is that they don't let you test your code. That's a problem. They're micromanaging you. Let's say your lead does not let you test. That's a problem. Maybe you should find a new team. <laughs> yeah. But the reason why they're resisting to write tests is because they've been very successful for a long period of time without tests. Why would they start doing this right now? They don't see the value. Now, if you see the value, and if you see that it's going to be valuable for your career, you better find a team that cares about this. Yes. Otherwise, they're going to impede you from progressing. Yes. Because the, the companies nowadays are mandating much more testing skills than they were in the past. So for future generations, it's going to be harder to get a job if you're not good at testing. Yes. Automating the testing. And again, in my opinion, TDD is the most effective development process. So if you care about it, if you want to achieve a remarkable career and you don't want to risk it, maybe you should find a team with seniors that support you in your journey. And I think that's enough for today. That's it. We covered a lot. Again, if you want to learn TDD, we have an entire series on YouTube for free. Just follow it. And for people that want to go one step further, want to learn more advanced techniques, want to achieve a remarkable career, then you can join us at the academy.essentialdeveloper.com. Awesome. Okay, this is going to do it for this edition of the IRS Lead Essentials podcast. Leave us your comment, your thoughts, your feedback, and we'll see you again next time. Bye, y'all. See ya.